for the promised land. They're on the way. And all of a sudden, these words jump out of me. The Bible said they camped, in camp the word is, on the edge of the wilderness. What a strange place to camp. Now, I don't know about any, are any of you folks campers? You like to camp? How many of you? I never have understood that. I can't understand folks leaving a nice air-conditioned house and a good mattress and go sleep on the ground. I can't get it. I just don't dig that at all. That's not cool. But here are the children of Israel on their journey, and suddenly, for what reason, I don't know, but they camp on the edge. Get that word. You do see that word, don't you? Look at it right there. There it is right in there. The edge. The edge. Say that with me. The edge. Say it again. The edge. That means you're close. You can go either way. You go back and forth. You can step right back where you was or right over where you're going. They were camping on the edge. And suddenly God began to deal with my heart about this message. I believe all of us are aware that something is wrong in our spiritual realm. I think we all know that, don't we? I think we will confess quite readily that we're not where we ought to be. Hello? I think all of us would say, Preacher, I could be better. I could, I could. But for some reason, I just don't make any effort at it. Would you agree with me that too many people right now are on the edge? Not deeply involved, just on the edge. That's what I want to preach on this morning, the dangers of camping on the edge. There is a danger. I thank God for this church. I really do. I go in some churches that I want to slip off during the night. And don't ask me if I ever have. <laughs> they thought the rapture had come. <laughs> but I did. Look over here just a moment. I, I want you to look. Some of you take that up there for granted. See those little white lights? That's not, as my papa would say, that's just not a pretty. That's not just a pretty. You know what that tells you about Central Baptist Church? They're not on the edge. They've gone over and beyond. They are involved. And I go into churches that are on the edge. All they have and all they want is just a little Sunday morning sermonette for Christianettes. They can't wait to get the kitchenette to look at the majorette smoke the cigarettes. It's a social thing. It's just a, hello, how are you? Good to see you. You look good. And they look awful bad. More lines done in church than any other place I know of. Only one place I know of, they go down to the funeral home and look at a dead body and say, don't he look natural? Well, God, I hope I never did like look like that. But getting involved is a part, the Sunday school teacher this morning, bless my heart. He said, when we're saved, we're not to sit down. 
God never told you to get saved and just sit down. And your favorite song would be, I shall not be moved. You know, so many, listen, you say, how can you tell when somebody's on the edge? I tell you what, if you'll hand me your Bible, I can tell you whether you're on the edge or not. Just let me look at your Bible. One of the prettiest Bibles I ever saw in my life was in North Carolina. I met a man that wasn't on the edge. He was an ex-drunk, a town drunk, in fact. And one day the dear pastor led him to Christ. He got born again. Now you hear what I said, he got in. I don't mean he got religion, he got in. I don't mean he just shined, he got in. He got saved and the only Bible he had access to was a Bible his mama had on the coffee table. You saw these great, big, white, thick Bibles like that. How many of you saw one of those, huh? That's all he had. And he knew how to read. And uh, the pastor had told me about him getting saved, and he'd been saved about a year, a year and a half, two years, something like that. And I went to his church for revival. Went to this man, the ex-drunk's church for revival. Never will forget it. I hadn't saw the man yet. And the church was up like this, and steps came up to it, and the auditorium was like that. The pastor and I were standing out on the front porch of the church, and he said, there he comes. Now look at what I'm about to say to you. I said I could tell you whether on the edge or not, but look at your Bible. All you've got to do is look down at it. You can tell whether you're on the edge or not. It's, something, it's not something special gift I've got. You can tell whether you're on the edge or not. And he said, there it comes. He had a pair of overalls on. Don't mean a thing. And uh, he said, when he gets here, look at his Bible. A year and a half. Now, are you listening to me, folks? I'm not down here just spinning my wheels. A year and a half, an old ex-drunk had been born again. And he walked up them steps, and I said to him, I looked at the Bible, and I couldn't believe it. He had set up day and night. I'm talking about he fasted and stayed. He, he literally stayed in that Bible till it come apart. Scott's text. I'm talking about a year and a half. And it come apart and the backs come off. And don't smile at what I'm about to say. It was so coming apart and he loved that book so much that he laid it down on the floor and drilled some holes in the edges of it and put bolts through it and put nuts on it to hold it together. Do you think he's on the edge? And he walked up the steps and I said, to, Sir, and I was tears, tears were pouring. I said, can I see your Bible? He said, are you going to laugh at my Bible? Oh, I said, I'd never do that. The pastor whispered in my ear and said, tell him to quote something from the Bible. And I said, what, what am I going to tell him? He said, tell him anything. He said, tell him to quote a chapter. He said, just pick any chapter. And I said, uh, I don't remember what it was I gave him. I gave him a, a chapter. And he started from verse 1. Are you listening to me? A no more than two-year-old Christian that had sat with that Bible and read and turned the pages and glued his mind and glued his heart and his soul and his soul with that book. 
And he started, Brother Pastor, quoting verse by verse, word by word, line by line, syllable by syllable, every word of it. Now, are you ready for this? The piano music started, and I handed the man the Bible, thinking he was going to go in with us. And he sat down on the top step like I'm sitting right now and laid his Bible in his lap, still quoting. He was so, he wasn't even aware we were in the world. He didn't even know we were around. Listen to me. The service went on for an hour and a half. Guess where he was when we came back out? Sitting on the steps, holding and loving that Bible. I dare you to look at your Bible. Some of you are so on the edge and so removed from what you know you need that the Bible has just become a book, a religious token, a religious thing. I hear some folks say this and I get so upset. Bless God, I'm a King James man myself. And I am too. But you look at their Bible, and it's unused and unstudied and undug it. The Bible said, search the Scriptures. It's saying literally, dig in the gold mine. The Bible said, thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Do you know or are you aware this book I hold in my hand is the answer for all your problems? I feel preaching coming off. I'm so tired of this melodrama church world. I'm so tired of a religious drunk world that knows more about Hollywood than they know about God. Now, if you will say amen, say amen. Amen, Blue! We are so on the edge. We have become satisfied. We have become pleased. Instead of Jesus said, launch out into the deep. We are so happy sitting on Sunday morning, pleased with our presence of being there. Said, I won't come back to hear you no more. That's why I'm loading your wagon while you're here. I know you're back here. Drought or something every now and then. We are dangerously close 
still. What would it take to draw you back? What trick, what shenanigan would the devil have to pull on you to so entice you? Here you are, you're on the edge. Anyhow, you don't have far to go. Just eat around. Here's the wilderness. You're right, you're on the edge of the wilderness. You can go in the raft. Why are you camping here, for God's sake? Why don't you launch on out? I see preachers that are satisfied with their preaching. Now, you may not know this and may not understand this, but I want to be a better preacher. If this man's satisfied with singing, if this choir satisfied with their singing, fire them and fire another one. Is that right, preacher? If you're a Sunday school teacher and you're satisfied with your uh, teaching, you're on the edge. Get away from the edge, the edge. Listen, a mother was, her put her, her little boy went to bed for a nap and he fell out of the bed. And she said, son, how come you do that? He said, I was sleeping too close to where I got in. So many of you are too close, too dangerously close. One day the devil will make a mere suggestion. I don't believe I'd go to church today. You say, well, I don't think I will. The edge is no place for a child of God to be. Here's a word that those that are on the edge don't like. They don't like this word. They've just seen it. They do. And that's the word faithfulness. Oh, talk to me about faithful. I'll go when I feel like I can. I, I can't go all the time. I've got to stay out. I've got to have a little time. Amen? Faithfulness is not one of your favorite words. You don't care for that. Oh, what I'm about to say is not suggestive that I am by any means any icon of height of spirituality. But may I be privileged to say something right here? Fifty-four years. This year I'll be traveling all across the world. Many countries all across America. God's let me travel. And my wife today is, she has a problem with her heart. One of the best heart doctors in the country told me in privacy, Ed, your wife will never be any better. There's no medication I can give her that will ensure her uh, good health again. Never will. Never will. My wife can't travel with me. Hug her a little tighter. I'm squeeze her a little bit. You notice I'm not smiling. Don't you ever take you two take that for granted. You hear me? I thought you didn't know what I was saying. I'd box your jaws. Do you know what I give? You play the piano pretty good. I like it. But you know what I'd rather, what I'd rather have than your ability to play the piano? I'd rather my wife be sitting right over looking up at me preach. I'd rather that. But for 54 years, I've slept in motels and restaurants and 
all of that. You think that's glamorous? Nah. None of you know where Buck's Pocket's at, do you? That's where I live, Buck's Pocket. Right next to Natty Fork. It's not even on the map. Well, don't laugh. You may not be on the map either. But I'd like to turn up Sugar Creek Road and go up to the end of the road for a big bulldog and meet me. Now, don't you try that. He'll make a midget out of you. And I'd like to drive up there and walk in the door and a girl that would win no beauty contest. Her hair is white now. And her face has wrinkles in it. But there's character. She has packed many a suitcase to get me on. Do you know why I'm out here? It's not because I love being away from home. It's not because I love just necessarily to see you. I'm out here for one reason. I got away from the edge a long time ago. And I won't go back. My doctor, bless his heart, he's a good man. I love him. John's a good old boy. He said, Ed, you paid your dues. He said, you've been out there all these years. Ed, go home. Your heart's going to give out on you. That pacemaker's going to go down someday when you're out on the road, and you won't have time to get no more. He said, go somewhere and rest. I said, John, look here at me. Okay, what? I said, shut up. I don't know what my preacher said I'll see you next year. He's promised to get me a better chair in there. That is a pretty comfy chair, amen. He said, I'll see you next year. I don't know whether I'll be alive next year. Woo! I may be at home. And I'm not talking about Buck's pocket either, amen. But some of you are just religiously drunk enough that here you are just kind of camping on the edge. You don't mean to get involved, do you? Just, you know, I've come to church on Sunday morning, but you won't be back tonight. I'm never looking at you. You're not a Sunday night. You're on the edge. How many of you want me to show you? How many of you want to show me your Bible before I can tell you on the edge? Anybody want to follow us here? I can tell you. I can look at your Bible. I mean, if you didn't get it for Christmas, but if you've had it, say, for a year, I can tell you whether you're on the edge or not. I can just kind of flip through it like this. And I look down and it said, they're on the edge. They're not involved. They don't really care. They're not really concerned. What would happen, preacher, if you had a, this house full of 500 people that wouldn't say, we will not camp on the edge? We will not do it. You'd have to take a baseball bat and knock them out of the choir. They'd say, don't care whether you want me or not, I'm going to sing. Amen. They'd be lined up saying, How can I teach classes? Can I do this? No. Won't do that. You're not going to find that. Now, I'll tell you what you will do. <clears throat> if you work for the scouts, good. You'll join every social order. We just, well, I'm sure say good, but some of them are. But why, for God's sake, don't you say I'm tired of a stinking edge? 
I really want to get in there and do something for God. Hey, are you having trouble on the end of your check when you've been saying 1999 and now to draw two zeros? That's driving me up a wall. But how many of you right now, here we are in a new century, brand spanking new. Did you gather in a bunch of stuff for the KY or whatever? I read where one man got 9,000 gallons of water. <laughs> now he's going to have to dig in the swimming pool to put it in, ain't he? Here's another crowd that's on the edge. I may walk up right when the service is dismissed and say, let me see your Bible. Better not say that, though. You stampede out that door and hurt somebody. Amen. <laughs> Here's another word that indicates whether you're on the edge or not. When the preacher gets up and says, now we're going to have to take up a little extra offering for a man that's over in Podunk Holler. He's having a hard time. And here's what the fellow that's on the edge says. I get so tired of hearing money. I, all I hear is money, 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 money. I wish you'd talk about something else. Amen. Would you say that fellow's on the edge? He's on the edge. <laughs> oh, some of you look like death riding a bicycle. I've heard all that giving business I want. Don't ever expect that crowd on the edge just to give just a little bit extra. Don't ever expect that. Never will. Now, I'm going to say something again. This is not patting me on the back. I'm really not. My wife and I are tithers. I believe all Christians tithe. Hello? Well, you said, bless God, I don't tithe. I said, Christians. Christians tithe. My wife and I tithe into our local church. A New Testament fundamental Baptist church. Then we give a gift into our church. And this is not to pat us on the back. But it's, see, some of them never have learned the joy of giving. They don't want things to work about getting Holy Ghost drunk because you can give. It's a blessing to give. But then my wife and I have our own missionaries that we support, that we give. We love it. We love it. We love it. Giving is a part of our Life. It's not. We're not just over here on the edge. We we long since have said, "Bless the Lord." We want to get away from a stinking edge and do something for God. When are you gonna learn? What's it gonna to take to teach you that there's blessings untold? Oh, I can tell you, but you to get you to listen. Sometimes I can't do it. I preached this message in North Carolina the other night. And I saw a response that I'd been wanting to see. I saw it. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. 
I said at the close of the message, how many of you in this new century, how many of you are saved? Let me see. Let me find it. How many of you know the Lord? You've been born again. Raise your hand up. Kind of wave back me like this. Wave. Get the other hand up. Raise it up. Oh, that looks so good. The devil have to have a tongue for something like that. At the close of the message, I said, here we are, 2,000. Here you are all your life, just kind of been sashaying along, not really, not really counting. You haven't left the mark. There's nothing that said, I've been here. And I said, how many of you today want to fill this altar and mean it and say, God, I don't want to be on the edge no more. I want to get involved. I want to do something for you. I want to work in the buses. I want to be in the choir. I want to, Lord, I, I just want to do something. The pastor said he'd never saw the altars that filled. They packed them and went back through the aisle. He and I stay in touch by email. Named Ron. I said, Brother Ron, how's it going? Said, Preacher, they meant it. Said, they meant it. Said, people that I've never saw work in my life. People that never have been faithful. Our offering's been down. Now it's back up. They said, their Bibles are being studied and dug in. Amen? Some of you right now, aren't you sick? Of just being a meeting area, half warm, half dead, nothing. You're saved, you know God. But don't you think it's time to get off the edge and go to work for God? Some of you teenagers and some of you boys and girls, God help you. If you'll lay your hand, yourself in the hands of God, He can and will use you. And some of you sit around, don't give me that stuff. Well, I'm old. God said you'll bring forth fruit in old age. Some of you just looking for uh, an excuse to camp on the edge. This week, by and through the grace of God, I'd like to see you get in. Get off of the edge. Get away from it. And set your sights and your aims and your goals and your aspirations and your desires on higher heights and deeper depths. I want to know that book. I want to study that book. I want to read it. I want to devour it. I want to learn what it's talking about. I want to walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another. I want to become the instruments, if you would please, right now. Come to the instruments, please. Look up here at me. Look up here at me. It's up to you whether you look in your own heart and ask the question, am I on the edge? Am I just kind of fooling around? God save me back yonder somewhere. But are you just happy to be a missionary, lukewarm, unproductive person? Softly please, ma'am. Or are you desirous Watching out into the deep. If you're here lost today, I hope you get saved. 
If the Holy Ghost has been dealing with your heart and you need to be born again, somebody will lead you to Jesus. But God wanted me to preach this message to us this morning. It's time to get off the edge. It's time to pull up the camp stakes. It's time to get in. I don't know about you, but I believe time is short. Don't believe how much more every head bowed, every eye closed, every Christian praying. I wonder how many right now will say, Preacher, by an uplifted hand, God spoke to my heart this morning. Raise them up high. I want to see them. I want to see them. I want to see them. all over the house. There's some of you right there. You know what? There, even if you're, if you're doing something for God, you won't do or won't do more. Some of you right now have never been to the altar since the day you got saved. Some of you have no desire to do any more. I wonder if there's somebody that I'm lost, preacher. I don't know Jesus. I need to be saved. Would you raise your hand? I need to be saved. Son, I see your hand. I hope you get saved today. If you'll come to the altar, the altar call, somebody will lead you to Jesus. I wonder if there's another one right now. Raise your hand. I'm lost. I'm lost. I want to get saved. I want to get born again. Come on, raise your hand. Our Father, our Father, this morning, I.